rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, it's me. How you doing, everybody? Welcome. My name is Tara Devlin. I'm just adjusting some levels over here. <sighs> I'm exhausted. Um, we meet here every Saturday evening from... 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. So uh, if you're listening on Progressive Voices, we would, hey, come join us live. So, uh, and we are replayed starting Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app and also GDPR Revolution 99, which is another great independent liberal radio station. Wait, hold on. Got something in my in my face. What's on my face? Um, all right, what else? Uh, do me a favor. I keep asking, but um, you know, some some of you listen, some don't listen. I want you all to please give me a review on iTunes. Give a good review. If you have something bad to say, tell me to my face. All right, but um, it would be great to get a lot of reviews so we start getting some traction and it really does help us grow so who knows where 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 we will be where um i'm having guests uh i don't have any guests today because i actually i just wasn't in the mood (laughs) to tell you the truth i this really is my little uh you know it's a whim everything runs on a whim here so maybe i'll be here who knows I've only missed once, so we're at the hundredth show of Tara Buster, and uh, I've only missed one show. If I if I miss, I try to record or pre-record, but so because uh, it does. It, I, this is actually I'm being a I'm being a kind of a crab right now. I'm a little crabby because I I'm tired. I was uh, I was just wanted to. It is raining today here in New York. And I really kind of like thunderstorms, so I was kind of in the mood to just sip my coffee and watch the great courses, which is what I like to do for relaxation. I was watching a really great one on the great courses called uh, the something about the um, Greek democracy, the the beginnings of democracy. It's I love that kind of stuff. I just love history, and I love. I don't know what it is. I guess it makes me feel my mortality. I, uh, I like a lot of things. Do I mean we're we here for a short period of time? I think about that all the time. I talk about it too, and I think that if we remember our mortality, we we uh, maybe we're nicer. I don't know. Maybe we're not such assholes. I I do get. I'm very susceptible to be, and I guess a lot of liberals are in general, uh, to, I'm affected emotionally by what's going on in, in the world. I feel depressed sometimes. I, and I, uh, I've been talking to people and they say, oh, I can't take it anymore. I'm tuning out. Uh, this is no time to tune out. I'm sorry. This is the reason you were born is to, confront this problem 
What's the problem? Uh, well, the, the end of liberal democracy, the end of the grand experiment in liberal democracy, nothing less than that. So I guess, you know, um, you're, you were born at the right time because the, the problem is pretty immense. And it's staring us right in the face. Uh, and you know what gets me depressed, to tell you the truth, is when I, I, I know that we are in the majority. That's the other thing. The, the Democrats depress me. because oh, I am a Democrat. But the, the establishment Democrats depress me because of uh, they need to constantly, what I mean, in my opinion, what they need to do is constantly remind the American people that, that this this scumbag squatting in the White House received fewer votes. He is an illegitimate president. Do you think that if the Republican, if the Republicans, um, let's say if Hillary, right? Well, let's just say if the shoe was on the other foot. If Hillary won the election, she won the Electoral College, but not the popular vote, which every other country on earth calls the vote. Uh, Do you think that they would ever let us forget it, they would constantly harp on the fact that she is an Ill- illegitimate president. That's what they would do. What the the fact that the republic, I mean, that the Democrats don't do that is, um, it's ridiculous. They, I don't understand the the constant need to bring a strongly worded letter to a gun battle and. The Republicans are fighting dirty because they don't have uh, a respect for democracy. They don't want a democracy. Can we just get this out in the open already? You know, at least in parliamentary systems, they, you have the fascist party. At least they have the, the courage to call themselves fascists. These people, they call themselves Republicans. They're not Republicans. They're, they are actively in bed with a foreign dictator as we speak. They know what Trump did. They know that he is an agent of a foreign dictator. They don't care. They want their tax cuts. They want their voter suppression because they don't want democracy. They want you to shut up, sit down, go die in their corporate war of choice and await your reward in heaven like a good little boy and girl or whatever. (laughs) I'm trying to be all inclusive. All right. That's what they want. They, I mean, right now they have to give lip service to democracy. They have to say our democracy, our democracy, this, our democracy, that. Do they care? Do they, we're under attack. We, um, you know, like during the, the run-up to the 2016 election, the Republicans were briefed. The Republicans and Democrats were briefed at, as to exactly what was going on. They know what's going on. They know more than we know. They ha- they get the classified information, and they don't care. They don't care. They that Mitch McConnell said he was go if if the Democrats went public with the fact that Putin was attacking the elections, that they would they would go public w- and say that it was all political. Now, there, how can you really find common ground with traitors, right? And we, they are traitors. Make no mistake. 
good people on both sides. So this is the year, the year anniversary of the the Unite the Right rally. What kind of uniting of the right? Unite the white is more like it. Unite the right? Jews will not replace us. The, honey, you can't be replaced fast enough, in my opinion. In the, in the opinion of normal people, get help. Get help for your sickness. Get help for your manias. Stop inflicting it on society with the tiki torches. You look like a moron. You look like, you look like a, I mean, they really look like, I mean, I was going to, I mean, it's too simple to say they're ridiculous. They just, they look like a bunch of sexually frustrated idiots who, who, if all things were equal, they would just honestly, um, you know, be exposed for how inadequate they truly are. So it's got to be a brown person's fault. It's got to be multiculturalism. It's got to be respect. You know, uh, last week, I was thinking about this a lot because Poppy was on the show last week, and she, Poppy Champlin is a regular on the show. And she's more moderate, I suppose. I'm, I'm sort of like, uh, you know, I had, um, I don't know if Bernadette Devlin, I, I don't know if a lot of you guys know about Bernadette Devlin. She was an old, you know, an IRA bomb thrower back in the day in, in, uh, in Ireland. But um, she, I don't think I'm directly related to her. I like to think I am um, more psychologically related. My father, when, when, when I was young, showed me an article about Bernadette Devlin. And uh, he was like, this is your cousin. But I think he just, you know, meant that we had, I never met her. Let's put it that way. I think he just was saying we had the same name. But uh, what was the point of that story? See, this is why it sucks to constantly be, uh, you know, this is why I need an executive producer. Um, But the point was, that fuck all right anyway who cares there was a point i'll i'll remember it in a minute as soon as i stop thinking about it i hope everybody's here by the way i'm looking on youtube everything is working i hope all right anyway so what was i going to say you know what i mean oh uh, the traders oh yeah i was talking about the jews will not replace us and uh, the the traders in uh, down in Charlottesville, those the, they are traders. They're they're traders to the dreams of the uh, oh not the dreams of our, I was going to say the dreams of our founders. What the hell did they know? They they were slave owners. The 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 promises of our founding documents. Yes, that's what they are traders to. They're they're. You can't live in a country of immigrants and be a, a racist and not be a traitor to your to, to the ideals of this nation. They love this nation. They love. This is what they're always talking about. They want you they to have respect for the flag, respect for they. They just want everybody in their place. You see, they can't really handle democracy and. Trump is the most overt racist president uh, in modern hot times, you know? I mean, he is, uh, 
cultivating it active. I mean, he's like as 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 actively as Putin is cultivating him. And it's so right in our faces. And just because he tweets a something, he tweeted something today about Charlottesville that was halfway, uh, you know, we, we denounce racism or something, he said. Like, who? So one statement does not negate or erase every other day of your life. Because you know, whatever he says today will be null and void. In the ne- in the next fifteen minutes, with what the the next thing he tweets, or something his stupid sons tweet, or his dumbass daughter. God damn it! They're all I I this this family of oh my god! I don't know if you have if you've seen Don Junior's Instagram feed. Uh, if you really if you want to uh, lose your lunch, I would suggest you go there on an empty stomach because these people are the worst. They are the absolute worst uh, human beings. And this is why we don't want an intergenerational aristocracy. They are the poster children for the estate tax. This is why we have, we wanted, an, well, we had an estate tax, why we need an estate tax back besides, besides that Meghan McCain. She's another one. They were all up in arms about about socialism because the, I mean, how many zeros on your bank account will you miss all right, to make you feel safe? Let me see. He go uh, on his on his Instagram feed. He's he's they're such he's such a narcissist, just like his filthy fuck dad. And this is for mature audiences. He's working out. Oh, I hate him. Me stuff. He's so gross. I mean, ugh. nothing like CrossFit in 100% humidity. I mean, he's got a picture of himself, a close-up in gym whatever. He's sweaty. His face is sweaty. He looks, he really doesn't look like a healthy person, but I guess, okay. But why... Uh, you know, they, they've done studies on narcissists, and you could tell a narcissist by one of the telltale signs is ju- the amount of selfies they have on their Instagram feed. And this one is, is selfie central. He's, he's got this dumbass mug looking at himself in the mirror, getting a haircut like we care. Gym, gym time, not leg day, thank God. I mean, if this is not a case for taxing the rich at night, uh, taxing a, a, a marginal tax rate of 90%, I do not know what else to do. Go to the floor of the house, anyone, and just show those goddamn pictures and say, this is why the founders want, did, they suggested a progressive taxation. We did not want an intergenerational aristocracy developing here in the in the United States. You can't have an aristocracy and a democracy. But you know what? We live around, around morons. We live in a big country of dumbasses, and that's that's by design. That's not by accident. This is why they attack public public education. They don't want us to have a common story. 
a common understanding of what it is to be an American. They want you to have some morons thinking an American has a mandatory flag salute. And that's about it. And other people, we expect a country to work for all, government to work for all. Isn't that why people fought, bled, and died? Not just for the sons, the, uh, the, the undeserving rich. You know, they're always talking about the undeserving poor. What about the undeserving rich? In fact, they're so undeserving, they... They're, they are the parasites. You know, at least during the after the first Republican Great Depression, the working class knew who they were up against. They understood who their enemies were. They didn't blame uh, each other, somebody a few r- rungs lower on the ladder. But this is why they, they understand they have the people at the top have to keep us divided especially along racial lines, while they steal and grift and insider trade and collude with foreign dictators. This is, they, they are the traitors, and they demand that you stand at attention and not respectfully kneel in a, in a sign of civil disobedience. It's not even civil disobedience. What, that's not civil disobedience. It's just, it's just a conversation starter. There is only, uh, what countries demand mandatory flag salutes? We stand proudly for the flag. You, but Donald Trump wouldn't stand proudly and take the oath when it was his turn to serve. But he tells us to stand p- proudly for the flag while he steals and colludes. He is a traitor. And all, and he surrounds us with only the best people, right? Only the best. Only the best, meaning in his mind, it's people who are rich. They're the best. You know, FDR had his brain trust. He did not have, it wasn't all rich people. It was the experts, scholars, philosophers, people who had, you know, a head on their shoulders. Just because you can grift your way into somebody, into sucking m- more money out of whatever, some scam that you would never spend in a million lifetimes, that doesn't make you smart. A lot of, lot of very unsmart, uh, immoral people find their way with a very large bank account. That doesn't mean, you know, you get Tony Soprano and put him in your cabinet. But, of course, to Donald Trump, yes, you do. If you're rich, like like Betsy DeVos. Oh, I want to play education secretary. This is my little hobby. She wants to destroy the education system. That's You know what? It's working fine. It was working pretty good without her. Well, not good. But, you know, it's not. You know why it's not working well? Because Republicans do not want it to work well. We they don't want us to have a common story that says that public education is in the public good. We are investing in each other. We are investing in everyone equally. They don't like an equal society. Oh, they say, well, you know, all things are equal. You know, there's no equal guarantee of an equal outcome. Of course not. But you give everybody the the same start. Why don't we have education funded? By our property, t- I mean, uh, in the general fund, not the property taxes. That's by design because they don't want, you know, they want the certain 
neighborhoods not to have the appropriate resources. But anyway, oh, what was I going to say? So, you know, because, oh, yeah, last week Poppy said something about um, how, because I said, you know, Republicans don't think they're free unless they can call somebody the N-word. I mean, that's not, yeah, I believe that. She was like, oh, come on, come on. And yeah, it's, what do you think that political correctness is about? It's not all of them are dying to say the N-word. I mean, that's just a metaphor for the, that's, that's the underlying thing. They think that as they, it doesn't matter that um, the rich are riding them mercilessly to the bank. If they can kick down on somebody lower than them, then they feel like they're, uh, then it's the, the system works for them. And that is the truth. What do you think? That's what political correctness is about. Oh, I don't like that political correctness. Well, what is political correctness? It is being a decent person. If somebody doesn't want to be called a name, you don't call them a name. You know what I mean? You're not a dick. You act like other human beings have value, not just yourself. And that's how we were wired. We're wired to be interdependent, not to be a rugged individual. In fact, if you're a rugged individual, you're a, you are a succubus. You're a parasite. You're a rugged individual. Well, go be a rugged individual on a desert island and get the fuck out of here. Go be a rugged individual. I know it's six o'clock. If you, if, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for cursing. My mother actually tried, I tried to make me not curse. Sometimes I curse. You know what? It's like a release. I feel like, like a stress release when I say, motherfucker. You know what I mean? So. But yeah, so uh, Donald Trump hires only the best. Well, I don't know if you saw Omarosa. She's she's only the best. You know, Omarosa was hired because she's black, right? That's why he was. It was Donald Trump's black friend. She's she is a tyrant herself. Uh, a, a I don't know if you ever saw her on that show, that stinking reality show that uh, was The Apprentice. Yeah, and uh, but. She was a, you know, a bitch. And um, so she used, like all of Trump's friends, uh, they use the government as, you know, they don't, they're not in it for altruism. They're in it to make a buck for themselves. Or they, and Omarosa got married, apparently used the, the White House as the backdrop for her wedding photos. She didn't, what the hell did she do? Outreach to the African-American community? Because she's black, right? That's it. It's not like she's ever done anything for any community, much less her own. What has she done? She's, so anyway, uh, of course she is, um, she's another grifter. She's in there, uh, 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 and all of the time, if you know, if uh, Donald Trump apparently, I don't know what happened. She was kicked out of the White House, so she's pissed off. She's got to make a buck. That's what they do. There's recordings. If none of this, if it if it would work in her favor, do you think that she, these recordings would come out? She was saying that uh, that um, Trump 
was using the N-word on the set of The Apprentice. Well, what the hell were you doing in the White House then? Why did you take a job with him? It didn't bother you before. Now all of a sudden? it's And then she was on Big Brother whispering what a disaster it is and no, it's not going to be okay. Well, you know what? You were part of it. No one is, uh, I mean, any of these people, uh, what? You know, my mother, my mother always said, you want to know somebody, look at their friends, right? Look at the company they keep. Not only are these crooks and criminals and grifters and con men and traitors, they are, they turn on each other. They, there is no honor among thieves. This, there is no difference between this and, and Goodfellas. Even though Goodfellas is, I mean, this is real. They're all scumbags. And Donald Trump, so when I was looking at this, uh, like the, speaking of scumbags, uh, at his Instagram feed, he's first of all he's a he's a liar. They, they he posted some um, that was on his Twitter feed, but they he's like trigger a liberal. This is what they do. Uh, like these people, they're not morally, ethically, spiritually capable of having power. You cannot have power in a democracy of 320 million diverse people and kick down on the majority of people you pretend to represent. So th could you imagine if this were Malia or Sasha, Obama, if they were they were on their Instagram feed. Oh, trigger a right winger. You know, if, uh, uh, they, this is what we do as normal human beings. They're constantly always trying to throw out an olive branch to these freaks. Why are we trying to understand them? They never tried to understand us. Oh, well, what's to understand? We just want you to be a human. Stop being a snake. Stop being a greedy succubus and a parasite, a leech on society. Stop treat, treating human beings as hosts from which to suck profit and discard, you scumbags. Well, uh, that's what we're, we're asking. Hey, let's have some dialogue. Let's understand. Because everything that we're supposed to understand about them, is it's just another bogus uh, thing that they've made up. Oh, everybody is taking advantage. I don't want, I always work for everything. I worked for my whole life and so they're on welfare. This, it's always the same thing, but it's just a bunch of canards. It's not real. In fact, more white people are on welfare to statistically. The thing is, they don't, the, the white people who take welfare think that they deserve it. It's always about who deserves it. And that's how they have, they're coming for us. They come for us. They divide and conquer. You think that Donald Trump Jr. deserves the, the life that he's living? Because of his, because his father is a traitor and they figured out ways to, you know, they they collude with foreign dictators and Russia's funding them. What has he done? What has he, he ever done for this world? Or any of them? They're hypocrites. They're traitors. They're mo monsters. They 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 spend their free time killing things for fun. What have what is so 
honorable. There's nothing honorable about them. They've never served anything in their life but themselves. So anyway, what was I going to say? I wanted to play, I have a couple of videos here. Oh, because, you know, everybody's talking about um, Laura Ingram and she's a racist. I mean, the really, the hoods are coming off of these people already. And this is why when we, we have to take back the House, we have to take back the Senate, we have to take back this government, and we have to, you want to talk about being replaced? We have to have the, not only do we have the moral high ground, but we have to act like it. And there's no compromise. You can't compromise with snakes. They talk about, oh, the snake of, uh, I mean, ironically, this Trump and his, his poem, The Snake, in a nation of immigrants. These people are, they're disgusting. They're, and they're hypocrites. Now, you, you saw how Trump's in-laws just got their citizenship because of chain migration, because of their, their, their nude model daughter, trophy wife number three. But that's, it's okay. It's them, you see. You know, different rules for different people. So, and they'll never mention it. They'll never, uh, you know, chain my, he'll go off again on chain migration, chain migration. But so the, this is, when I was going through my videos about, you know, what I was going to, some of the videos I was capturing for the show, I came across this Tucker Carlson video from a couple months ago. I'm going to play it. And I uh, just, I hate him. I know. I apologize. But uh, just listen to this and then we'll discuss it on the other side. This is one of those moments that tells you everything about our ruling class. They care far more about foreigners than about their own people. You probably suspected that already. The other thing you may have noticed is that they're not especially interested in solutions to anything. They're great at yelling and at preening, not so good at fixing and building. We could strengthen our borders to keep illegals out. We could fund more immigration courts to process those who sneak through anyway. We could even build more housing facilities at the border, holding facilities to allow families to stay together while their asylum claims are processed. But the left is not interested in any of that. Their only solution is immediate amnesty for anyone who crosses our borders with a minor in tow. And of course, that's the same as no borders at all, not to mention a powerful incentive for child smuggling. They don't care. Because no matter what they tell you, this is not about helping children. A lot of people yelling at you on TV don't even have children. So don't for a second let them take the moral high ground. Their goal is to change your country forever. And they're succeeding, by the way. Since 2014, to name one example among many, at least half a million Central Americans who came here illegally have been released back inside our borders. Did anyone vote for that? And more to the point, who's going to pay for that? Not the people you've been watching on television today. Their kids go to private school if they have them. Their neighborhoods look exactly like they did in 1960. No demographic change at all, just like they like it. There's no cost to them. The cost is entirely on you. But don't complain or else they will call you Hitler. All right. I don't know if you guys caught in the beginning of that video. He's talking about the elite, the ruling class. 
Now the ruling, and I, I, you know, the other thing that I can't stand about Tucker Carlson is that his, his, uh, his intonation. What I mean, what's the word? Is the way he, he's always like, well, you know, he's got this quizzical way of presenting things. Well, I know. Oh. Well, has anybody ever discussed that? Like, shut. This is a guy who is. He is the heir to the Swanson fortune, talking to the dupes about the ruling class as if he's not part of it. He is, he is the epitome of the elite. This is a trust fund brat who, what has he ever done? Another one, except sit in his ivory tower looking down on people and dividing people along racial lines, talking about immigrants, catch and release, released back into the into the country, released? Are these, what are these? Are these catch and release? Are these feral cats or something are you talking about? Are you talking about human beings? Nobody is, uh, uh, is uh, suggesting amnesty or whatever, releasing people. Uh, what happens is... The, the people that are coming here right now are refugees. That's what they are. And they have the perfect legal right to seek asylum in a country of immigrants, you scumbags. And in fact, it would, the, they, these, I, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir clearly, but, you know, these Republicans, they deliberately confuse the issue constantly and just their language that they, I cannot stand the catch and release it's so dehumanizing but isn't that the point and that's what they want they they don't care about separating children and parents at the border because they're not humans to them they're not humans um, how could you call yourself a Christian? And all I could think about is that little demon Jeff Sessions dancing giddily. Like, <laughs> he almost, it looked like he was like, <laughs> like a little Christmas devil. Like, <laughs> little gnome from Christmas. I don't know why I'm getting Christmas. He just reminds me of a little, like that Christmas elf that watches you. And he's just so giddily discussing separating parents from and their children um but he loves jesus right but they they have the religious freedom task force which is just another um they want they might as well just call it the the uh the office of oppressing gays right and it's all about divide. Not there's nothing. Please, somebody tell me one thing where Republicans have brought us together, where any any initiative where they've they've wanted us uh, unified. I guess in war they don't even. No, it's not really. I don't know. Everything from the the California wildfires, it's all a, it's all an opportunity for them to divide. It's and that's how you know that they're evil and they hate democracy because if they really love democracy, they would want want it to work. They'd want us. They'd understand that we need to be unified. That we are a country, a nation of immigrants. That we're a diverse, you know, we have a diverse civilization and that everybody wants a seat at the table and they deserve a seat at the table. And in fact, diversity is our strength. 
that that's we would uh, understand that you know it, I mean at one time I guess I don't know what am I talking about at one time no at no time but they don't even I mean what am I talking how how is it even uh, possible to get to you know, common ground you know why do we always have to reach out to these morons. That's the other thing. So I just wanted to play this other thing that I, I saw, which pisses me off because all the time, like I was saying in the beginning of the show, we're always, they're always saying, well, oh, um, they, what do, uh, the Trump voters think and how do the, are they still with him? You know, the, okay. 85% of Republicans support Trump, apparently, whatever. Um, they, they don't, they don't, the way that they couch it is, uh, well, 85% of Republicans. First of all, a lot of people aren't identifying as Republicans anymore. They're, they're fleeing that party. They're talking, they're saying, oh, I'm a libertarian or whatever. They're, I'm an independent. They're, it's an embarrassment to be a Republican. So then you have a pool of who's left. The, the Jews will not replace us crowd. The morons, the unite the right morons. So 85% of them, 85% of the, of the minority, the minority of people who the fewer votes never forget that Twitler received fewer votes. And that's it. It needs to be constantly drummed into the heads of everyone. And when they, whenever they're discussing the things that Twitler wants to do, like, uh, install another illegitimate Supreme Court justice, it's all illegitimate. Everything that he's doing is illegitimate. His election is illegitimate. He, re he received fewer votes. He also received help from a foreign dictator. He's a traitor. And therefore, all of his actions are illegitimate. And they need to constantly be, uh, we all need to be reminded of that incessantly and the democrats should not be playing nice with him at all especially when it comes to the supreme court but they're always talking about well why don't we we need to understand these trump voters oh they're just economically insecure that's not even true just scratch the surface and they've done studies that the the the, the so-called economic insecurity is racism they're racist. They believe a lot of bullshit. And I'm even, I know, like my sister, for instance, she's the, uh, you know, she doesn't know what the hell is going on from one day to the next. You go to her house, you're, you go into a black hole, uh, there's no news on, they don't have, they don't read the paper in there. All they hear are, this, oh, well, Republicans want lower taxes. That's all she hears and all she knows. And then she hears some bullshit. Oh, well, dreamers are getting a free ride at Rutgers, you know, because my nephew's at Rutgers. So, oh, that's not fair. Anything to divide people. First of all, I, was, I said to my sister, that's bullshit. I'd, li I, um, I'd really like to see where you're getting this information. But the it's... Uh, there you go. That's a lot of people are just stupid and dumb and they've been, they've been misinformed about things. They, they have been taught to, uh, focus their angst on people a few rungs lower on the ladder. 
rather than where it really belongs. The people that are creating the, 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 the country, a country of serfs and lords. You know, if, if you don't like, and that's the other thing, like I say, if you don't like the fact that, you know, my nephew, and I don't like it either, her, her son is leaving college with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt or whatever, then don't, why are you voting for a party that is making that the reality? We should have a country that sends kids to college or uh, higher education as far as their abilities take them for freaking free. For on the public dime. You see, I don't have children, but I understand. I don't want to live in a nation of morons. I also want to send everybody to, to, to the best of their ability to go and pursue their dreams. And if that even means, oh, well, be an artist, be some, be something of value. Everybody has to be a businessman. You got to figure out a way to suck money from some sucker. No, that's not civilization. You want a, a country that has diversity, diversity of spirit, diversity of everything. Somebody wants to dance. Somebody wants to play a freaking guitar. Good. That's the kind of country I want to live in, where there's time and energy for music and art and and diversity and culture. <sighs> what is what is it, what what does it uh, what is the meaning of life? It's like, it's to what, um, get a business degree? Uh, if that's what you want, okay. But everybody should go to school because maybe the, the person or whatever to go to for your ability, if you want to be a carpenter, if you want to, you know, whatever. We should be able, we should understand, we should be smart enough to understand that we're all benefiting from that kind of society. Oh, what, how are you going to pay for it? They never talk about how you're going to pay for that, that, uh, that bomber, that drone, that other, the, the, another bomb to a wedding party in Afghanistan. How are you going to pay for that bloated military budget? We never hear about that, but we always hear about how are you going to pay for sending kids to college? They don't want you to go to college. Like Romney said, you should get as much education as you can afford, just like it was for thousands of years. Let education be the providence of the rich, right? And that's the kind of country they're setting up. The United States of serfs and lords, where the rich have everything. We have an intergenerational aristocracy like that bitch Meghan McCain, who she's upset, you know? Oh, she feels bad when people can't go to the doctor. She's not a monster, but she doesn't like socialism. She doesn't want anybody coming for that extra zero that she'll never miss on her bank account because she doesn't want her kids growing up in a socialist country. Why? Oh, gee, because maybe why? It's not fair when everybody gets to go to the doctor or something, but, you know, it breaks her her heart. Oh, I, I, I'm not a monster. It hurts me when I see that people can't go to the doctor. Son of a bitch. You're not a monster? Yeah, you are. But anyway, so we always have to, uh, we always have to, um, what do you call it? Reach out to the Trumpanzee. Like Jane Goodall reached out to the apes, I suppose. And so this was on, let me, Trump voters speak. This was on CNN. They all, they all got together and some of them were embarrassed and some were, they even love him more. Hold on. 
How many of you are still just as excited today as you were on Election Day about President Trump? Maybe more so. And how many of you, the rest, would you say that you regret your votes? Raise your hands. I'm disappointed. Why are you more excited today than you were? You know, I came in with some trepidation based on his previous record. He's the most pro-life president we've had more than Reagan. He's in a substantial the Second Amendment, securing our border, deporting illegal aliens. He made a list of promises. He's coming through on many of them. Jeremy, what do you regret about your vote? Uh, in my mind, and the way I look at him now, I think he's a monster. I think he's a bigot. I think that he's doing a lot of things to ruin people's lives. Um, I don't think that he has. I think that he's taking this country in the wrong direction, and it's a terrifying time for me. Was there a moment that turned you? It was when I heard about um, what was going on on the southern border. What part did you object to? Uh, the family separation and uh, the children in cages. I, I would chime in just really quick. Yeah. You've got parents who are breaking the law, bringing their kids here. If you don't want to be separated from your family, don't come to the country illegally. You're having individuals coming from Central or even South America yeah. risking their lives and their children's lives. Because their lives are at risk at so home. They can go to an and be safe there. Absolutely. Not There's also in the country but of Mexico. But you can do it. It is legal here to go to a port of entry and seek asylum. It was President Trump that started the zero tolerance. So you used to be able to stay together. Right. You couldn't under the zero tolerance. Keep in mind also, we have these minors that are now getting excellent care. They're getting very good housing. But that's not, that is not the point. That is not the point. I mean, I'm a lawyer, and I can tell you, first of all, there were 2,500 people, uh, children that came here. They, they came were not reconnected. They did come here legally. Yeah. No one's really talked about the unaccompanied minors that are being brought here by people that are, are looking to sex traffic these children. Yeah, for them, listen, human trafficking is a huge thing right now. The thing that people that got everyone's attention was that people who were not self sex traffickers were bringing their kids and they got separated and 572 of them may never see their parents again. Thanks to the you know, Were they really the parents? Even the after Trump's you own directive, were they really the parents? Hold on, we haven't heard yet from Chris. Go ahead. This is the problem with, with what the president is doing. He's able to divide us on these issues where we're now fighting amongst ourselves. You know, you look at, at Charlottesville, you look at the separation of the families on the border, you just look at the, at the tweeting. I've never seen an individual who is so good at connecting with sort of average people that has no ability to really communicate or control the way he communicates. I think it's disingenuous to say that President Trump is wholly responsible for the bifurcation that we see across party lines right now. But is he helping it? I don't think that necessarily some of the things that he says could be said in a more polished manner. My issue with this president, who I voted for, is the fact that he has something negative about every other leader. But you try saying one little comment that's negative about Trump himself. He jumps into a fit and he has this Twitter tirade. You know, we have a lot of really, I mean, I have to be crass about it, idiots who voted for him, including myself at, at one time. I take great offense. I am not an idiot. It's a wise decision that people vote. It was a wise decision for Michiganders, for Wisconsinites, for Pennsylvanians, for working Americans who were tired jobs being taken away, shipped overseas, or taken by illegals. I want to apologize to the nation for my vote for him. It was the wrong thing to do. It was the biggest mistake I ever made. Like I said, he is a racist. Why do you believe he's racist? Why do I believe he's racist? Look what happened in Puerto Rico. He said, oh, they want to just uh, cry and, you know, they needed help. Just because they're not white-skinned, he doesn't want to go down there and help them out? So I, I take great offense to the fact that you felt the need to apologize on the behalf of the entire nation because that also seemed, that, 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 to that, that says myself. to me that you are invalidating the validity of my vote. No, and the reason, the reason, I, I, I think the reasons why I voted for Donald Trump is because 
based on my perception of him, he is not a racist, and he has done so much. He has done so much for the black community. How do you explain the tweet about LeBron James and Don Lemon? I watched that interview. But he, I mean, and the president has done this before. He's called people of color. He's called them ignorant. He's called them dumb. He's called white people that, too. He's LeBron James is more stupid than Don Lemon. He goes after Don Lemon and LeBron James and Maxine Waters. How do you explain that? When you call someone's intellect into question, it has nothing to do with race. I work with a lot of Hispanic evangelicals who are very pro-life. Hispanics care about God, family, jobs, education. Top things for us. The President Trump is delivering on those things. So all this other rhetoric, all this other rhetoric of Oh, he tweeted this or he did this, this. I don't really care about you that. You don't care about that. I care you don't about, care about, I care about, about I do. God, You're free to care family, exactly. God, family, understood. jobs, great. and education. And you made a great point about that. And so as somebody who is, so, who is driven by her faith um, and cares about God and family, do any of the personal peccadilloes give you pause? The Playboy... Uh, model who was paid off the payments to Stormy Daniels, the lives without affairs. Does any of that give you pause? You know, um, we are taught as Christians to be forgiving. I'm not going to get into his personal life. That 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 was not something that I weighed in to to go vote for him. Does it make you anything was better than Hillary? But, but Absolutely. When you hear about the Playboy stuff, does it make you uncomfortable? No, I'm not here to, to judge about what he did on his miscellaneous uh, activities or what he was doing outside of his bedroom. That is not what I voted for him to do. I voted for him for his policies and his agenda. Well, you see, there you go. It doesn't it, it now remember how they eviscerated Bill Clinton and they still do. It's uh, it's the classic. What about ism? What about ism? What about Hillary? What about Bill? What about they? You see, the hypocrisy is astonishing and they are ignorant. And I guess that that one guy, I, I'd probably feel the same way. You were duped. You're duped by a con man. That's the thing. You how do you. Um, you know, call yourself a Christian. Okay, so, all right, uh, Jesus called us to forgive everybody except Democrats, I guess. But the, and, and what are you forgiving Democrats for? For wanting to have a country that works for all, for wanting a country that respects everyone, that want to have a country where people don't go bankrupt when they go sick, when they get sick. That have to have a country. I mean, but see, everything that they're railing against Democrats for is it's not true. Democrats, no Democrat has ever advocated for open borders. No Democrat has ever, you know, when they talk about sanctuary cities, everything that they talk about is some kind of is, is a lie. They take something and they blow it up into a lie. They still it's and that's one of the things that is so tedious about this time that we live in with these Republicans is that you just constantly have to fight the same battles. It does not matter how much you educate them or tell them the truth to say that's not true. When they talk about sanctuary cities, what is a sanctuary city? It's a city where the cops aren't turned into immigration officers. But these people are so upset and so afraid about immigrants. They have been whipped up in a nation of immigrants about immigrants. Think about that.
Think about how stupid they are. And I'm sure every single one of them, if you go into their family tree, how how many generations were they were their parents, were their grandparents coming off the boat? Were they immigrants? Of course, but they'll say, well, we were different. We we went through illegal uh, whatever. The, the people who are coming here from Central America are not illegal. They are seeking asylum from a failed state that we helped create. But, of course, they're saying, oh, well, you know, illegals are coming and taking your jobs. The fact is, they'll never, they'll, these right-wingers will never go and rail against the employers who employ the people that are taking the illegals. No, they'll never, because they've been conditioned. They've been so effectively conditioned by their oppressors. It's really unbelievable. It's pretty sad, to tell you the truth. So that's why it's, you know, when they say, well, why don't you want to reach out to, to Trump banzees? I, I don't have time in my life to constantly repeat the same thing again and again, because you do not, you, uh, when does it, does it ever sink in? Does, do facts ever sink in? Illegal, what was it? I can't remember exactly what the guy said, but it's like illegals taking our jobs and, it's the same thing oh, for years and years and years. We keep hearing the same lie again and again. But I guess it's like, you know, why come up with a new lie if uh, the old lie is so effective? Why would you have to waste time? It's the, but even throughout history, that's the other thing that is so irritating about right-wingers is that they, and, and because they don't read a book and they don't, they're stupid as uh as a as a box of nails they are actually a box of nails has a purpose i mean a box of nails you know could be good to put to good use at least but they um is that they don't understand throughout history that just how um how much a democracy depends on people being informed and how that this game that they're running on that the elite are running on their stupid asses are is as old as recorded history it's always been going they care about god like that lady is saying i care about god i care about uh what else did she say i can't remember but god you care about what does that mean that means that you don't want gay people you want to dictate whether somebody the a couple forming a legal marriage contract has the appropriate combination of genitals that according to your particular invisible man um and that's why we don't want religion in government but to them that they don't get it they don't understand democracy they don't understand what this the, the whole system of government is supposed to be about and hence, here we are with a racist, a moron, an idiot who can't spell, you know, who is a traitor. So Trump was at uh, his golf club, of course, in New Jersey today uh, with the bikers for Trump and another bunch of morons. And, and that's why when I see people like that, I'm like, it gets me depressed because I'm like, why? How is there anybody that still loves him? or likes him, or supports him. You like his policies? He's he's full of 
crap. Just like when he told you Trump's steaks were the best steaks you'd ever eat, and they were nothing but dried crap, and people wrote all about how disgusting they were. It's the same thing. He'll sell you a a box of shit and call it a uh, you know call it's like Jack and the Beanstalk. He'll call it magic uh, fertilizer. But so Trump says because now his uh, his liaison to the African American community wrote a book t- saying what a racist he is. But what do we need her book? We have our own eyes. We ha- we've seen Trump throughout his life. Of course he's a racist. Look at him, know him by his fruits. The first time the feds, t- uh, his, his name was in the New York Times was because of a lawsuit by the federal government against him and his father's, the property for not, al- for his uh, real estate company, for not allowing African American people to rent from him. So it's this is he's a racist for his entire life. His father was arrested at a Klan rally. It, okay, oh the sins of the father, but yeah, I get it. Obviously, he was highly influenced by his father. His father was a piece of waste of a human DNA, greedy bastard too, greedy racist bastard too. It's not like he rebelled against his father and tried to turn his life around. No. He uh, sucked at his, you know, he learned everything at his father's knee. So, but so now, um, ap- apparently, Omarosa is a lowlife, right? Only the best people, though. But obviously, it's all these people around Trump are all, they're going to jail, they're pleading guilty, they're, uh, they're also, they're under indictment because of their, because of the fact that they're traitors, they're, and, Oh, I don't know. The Trump certainly is a dumbass if he allows all these morons around him. But it really is know them by their fruits, and no, and water seeks its level. If you want to know somebody, look at their friends. So if Omarosa is a lowlife, and you gave her a job not once but twice, but three times in your company and more, and put and let her uh, into the White House. I guess it takes one to know one. So let me just, I have this clip here. Hold on. Does everybody like the press? No. Do you think the media is fair? This is Trump at his golf course. Tell the truth. With his dumbass fascist. I better not go any further. Yeah, she's all it takes one to know one. She's a low life. And I, I love the love, quote unquote, these bikers, these these patriots yelling about the press. Is the press does the press tell the truth? Yeah, they tell the truth. Just because you don't like it don't mean it's it's fake. But they are uh anti American. You're rallying against the press, the pillars of democracy, and you call yourself an American? In the presence of your fascist dictator, wannabe authoritarian, Putin puppet traitor, grifter, you're so enamored by this con man that you're, you will betray the ideals of democracy. 
you're a traitor. You know, it ta- uh, talk about it takes one to know one. Uh, at this point, everybody who supports Trump is a traitor to this country or an idiot. And you can be a traitor because you're an idiot. You could be duped into it. So, all right, I'm going to take a break. It's now the show is half over. I don't know how you say it. What do you say? It's 20. It's a minute after the hour, I guess. Whatever. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. This isn't on radio, on real radio. Um, so I have the break is like eight minutes and I only have it's all of uh, labor history. So we got to have four labor history and two. All right. Which I really love Rick Smith's labor history. It's great. And um, on the other side, I will open the phones if you want to call. That would be great. And we'll see if the phones work after all many, many times trying. Somebody should call. Otherwise, I guess I'll feel kind of bad about it. So I'm going to pull. Hold on a second. So, all right, I'll see you. I'm going to make myself a cup of coffee. Excuse me. All right, so this is Tara Devlin, for those listening. This is Tara Buster. And I will see you on the other side in about eight minutes. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1619. That was the day that the first ship bearing enslaved people arrived in North America. It was an English warship called the White Lion that came to Johnstown in the colony of Virginia. The ship was a privateer and had captured 20-odd enslaved people from a Portuguese ship in a raid. Virginian planters were interested in forced labor to work the tobacco fields in the colony. The laws surrounding slavery in Virginia evolved over time. Throughout the 1600s, statutes replacing indentured servants to race-based slavery for life were written into the law books. In 1654, John Kayser became the first person enslaved under the rule of law in North America. By 1662, a law was passed that children would be considered enslaved or free based on the status of their mother in Virginia. This meant that slavery could pass down from generation to generation. This and similar laws ensured slavery would grow. Historians estimate that 388,000 enslaved people came to what became the United States from Africa. Due to laws passing down slavery to children, by the Civil War, there were nearly 4 million enslaved people in the South. By the early 1800s, enslaved people made up about one-third of the Southern population. Initially, enslaved labor worked predominantly to produce crops like tobacco, indigo, and also rice. Some West Africans had developed valuable skills in rice cultivation that white landowners exploited through slavery. With the invention of the cotton gin in 1793, cotton became increasingly important to the Southern economy. The South's dependence on slave labor became more entrenched and spread westward with the growing United States until the Civil War ended the brutality of slavery. This is labor history in two. 
This day in labor history, the year was 1985. That was the day that workers at the Hormel plant in Austin, Minnesota, went out on strike. They were members of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, Local P9. Hormel had slashed workers' wages by 23% during the early 1980s. Benefits were also diminished and incentive programs rolled back. These changes cut deeply into the Hormel workers' earnings. What had been considered a good job was changing drastically. This was the story for many workers in Reagan-era America. The 3,500 Hormel workers voted overwhelmingly to strike. The national UFCW discouraged the action. The strike lasted more than a year. Strike breakers were brought in, including some of the union members who crossed the picket line to return to work. The National Guard was called in to keep the peace between strikers and the scabs. After a year, the strike went down in defeat. Even after the strike, many of the workers were not called back to work. They were put on waiting lists for a job to reopen. Some never returned to the plant. 25 years after the strike, the Austin Daily Herald staff wrote, quote, what resulted was a bitter, drawn-out labor dispute that drastically impacted the community from workers who lost their jobs to families that were torn apart by the picket lines. The strike became the feature of a documentary by Barbara Koppel. In 1990, the documentary American Dream won the Academy Award. The film tells the story of the Hormel strike as a window into the tragic experiences of many workers during the 1980s. The film was made on a shoestring budget. Singer Bruce Springsteen provided $25,000 to help support this important film. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1949. That was the day that is remembered as Kemi Bloody Thursday in Finland. Two strikers were killed. Kemi is a lumber town in northern Finland. The lumber workers in the area went out on strike when the government proposed slashing their wages by more than 30%. The strike was soon joined by sawmill and dock workers. The walkout caused a massive log jam on the Kemijaki River. On the fateful day, 3,000 strikers engaged in a peaceful march. They encountered armed police and a confrontation ensued. Police had guns on their side. The workers only had sticks and stones. One striker was shot and killed. Another was hit by a truck. Finnish army troops were called into Kemi. 32 strike leaders were arrested. In response to the violence, sympathy strikes were called by other unions, including the Siemens Union. These strikes were seen by many as a fight between the Finnish elected government and communists in the nation's trade unions. Officials in the United States worried the strikes were an attempt by the communists to open the door to intervention in Finland by the Soviet Union. After World War II, Cold War politics shaped responses to labor struggles in many nations. A song. Fly Black-Winged Bird Remembers the Fallen Workers. The lyrics, translated into English, began, Fly, Black-Winged Bird, with blood on your feathers across the lands. From village to village, carry your message. Open up autumn sky for the sad news to spread. Shame on a country where an unarmed man gets shot. Shame on the one who calls the shots. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com.
I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1997. That was the day that a strike by the Teamsters Union against UPS ended with a victory for the union. The strike had started 15 days earlier. More than 180,000 UPS workers participated in the action. It was the first nationwide strike by UPS workers. At the time, UPS delivered 80% of all packages in the United States. The company, known for its signature brown trucks, delivered 12 million packages a day. The key issue of the strike was that the company increasingly relied on part-time workers. The insecurities of part-time work were growing, not just at UPS, but for workers in industries all across the country. The strike settlement came with the union winning its core issues. The company agreed to convert 10,000 part-time jobs to full-time positions over the course of the next five years. The victory was significant for the U.S. labor movement. The 1980s and 1990s saw new attacks on labor unions and working people, starting with President Ronald Reagan's breaking of the air traffic controller union strike in 1981. The UPS victory in a national strike with broad rank-and-file support encouraged working people beyond the Teamsters Union. Announcing the settlement of the strike, ABC News anchor Peter Jennings declared, quote, it's been the most dramatic confrontation between industry and organized labor in two decades. Teamsters President Ron Carey said, quote, it's what this country needs. Decent jobs, a chance for the dream, a chance to purchase a home, a chance to bring your children up properly, a chance to send them to college. Enough is enough. And it's about time that people start fighting back on this. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show. All right, I'm back. We're back. This is Tara Devlin. We're, I don't know, me, myself, and I, and whoever else wants. All of us are back together. And, uh, okay, so my name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we're replayed starting 6 p.m. Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. And GDPR Revolution 99, another great progressive radio station. We are also on iTunes, SoundCloud, everywhere else. Uh, Please give this show a review on iTunes. It really helps us grow. And also, if you can donate, donate to the RDT Daily page. Go to our RDT Daily uh, main site and donate. Everybody who donates above $20 will get a grab them by the midterms window cling. All right. With Francis Jr. Jr. Our mascot on featuring Francis Jr. Jr. All right. So I, we're back. Uh, what was I? So but the theme of the show, as I was thinking this week, it, of course it never stops. That could be the, the theme of all uh, the overlying theme is it never ends, but, but it will end. It's, it actually will. How it ends is going to be up to us. We have to get it back in the midterms. There is no no doubt. If if we don't get it back, it's done because we are 
surrounded by con men and grifters. It's This is what happens in republics. If you study history, if you study the downfall of republics, it it, it is what happens. The rich, uh, everybody has a, um, we have a, the a, you know, we have the best interests at, at heart in the beginning. But then it gets off the rails, and rich people corrupt the government. It's This is what happens. It never gets corrupted by the influx of immigrants. Give me a break here. It never gets corrupted by the poor or people on welfare. Or it gets corrupted by the people at the top manipulating the those at the bottom. I, I guess there are some of us who are sick that can't – well, they'll they'll just never be happy. They'll never be satisfied. Look at this. So when I was thinking about uh, what what we what I wanted to talk about this week, what happened? Chris, who's that guy that got he got arrested for insider trading? Um, God damn it, his name just like went out of my head. Um, Chris, what's his name? People, help me out. Arrested. What's his goddamn name? Somebody on the channel tell me. You know what I'm saying. That guy. The guy who stands. The guy with the, you know. He's one of Trump's grifters, friends. Uh, and then you have Wilbur Ross, the other one. He, um, let me just say insider trading. If I look up insider trading. Collins, people. Thank you. Um, and the the arrogance then you have Wilbur Ross, who is a grifter, who was stealing from his 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 other grifter friends, and you think about Scott Pruitt, all of them. They're not in government to make it run for everybody. They're not there to feed the children and educate people and make the trains run on time. If any of those things happen, that's incidental. That's 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 fine. That's coincidental. They'll take it and they'll exploit it. But they're there to enrich themselves and their friends. And if that if the fact that we the the the, the government, our house of so-called representatives are the majority of representatives of so-called representatives are millionaires. If that doesn't say it all, I don't know what does because they're not uh, – it's not the House of Representatives. It's the House of – it's supposed to be the people's house, right? It's supposed to be the house closest to us. But if if it, over 75% of the representatives are millionaires, there's something a, 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 that's a, a little awry there. There's something whacked about that. And this is why we should have public financing of campaigns. But they don't. They don't want that. Anything. This is the other way we know that Republicans don't have our best interests at heart. Because anything that steps that takes us a little bit closer to actually having a more perfect union, to having a democracy that works for all, they are against it. And how? Why are they against it? On bullshit for uh, bullshit terms for bullshit reasons. Why? Shouldn't we have public financing of campaigns? um, That makes sense. Why shouldn't Election Day be a holiday? Why do people have to scramble to go vote? 
why do uh, we don't why don't we do like Australia does and people who uh, don't vote pay a nominal fine and then you'll have like Australia has a 90 percent participation rate in their system of government. Why don't people understand that? Right. But the fact is they don't uh, Republicans will never allow us to have a uh, election day as a holiday or any any system that is more equitable and fair and not i mean, the other thing is look like with the electronic voting machines we are under attack not from inside and from without by an anti-democratic dictator why do we have electronic voting machines that don't have paper trails that are run by private corporations it doesn't make sense. But if in Ireland, for instance, they had electronic voting machines, they got rid of them after one election because they said that they were vulnerable. But we don't do that here because the fact is, the fact that they're vulnerable, that's, that's a feature, not a bug. They like that. They want them to be vulnerable. So there's never enough, uh, you know, they, uh, they won't fund the uh, elections. They won't. Uh, in fact, what did, what just happened? I don't know. Something happened. They they wanted to put more money towards shoring up the elections, and Republicans voted it down. This is who they are. There's never enough money for more rich people, right? Now they want to give another tax break to the rich, but because this is all about dismantling democracy uh, don't make any mistakes ultimately it really is about destroying the the grand experiment putting it to an end they called it a grand experiment for a reason it's an experiment is this gonna last is this a republic madam if you can keep it right that's what ben franklin said what what kind of system do we have a republic if you can keep it because he knew he's he wasn't a moron like trump they understood the the people who constructed this system of government were all they you know they were things they they were all people that republicans hate they were readers you know they were intellectuals they read books they read uh books by voltaire and rousseau why would i mean that's isn't that kind of faggy right maybe they ate arugula but, you know, they understood what they were up against and what we would be up against. They tried to shore up a system for against tyranny, against the tyranny of an idiot in the executive office. They never foresaw, I guess, they didn't think that they'd also, that, that idiot, that tyrannical idiot in the Oval Office would also have a another branch of government enabling him they they couldn't i i guess they couldn't imagine how craven people could be i don't know why i guess they didn't see that they they could foresee a um a tyrant trying to become a king they couldn't imagine the an entire system of another an entire political body that would enable that and and you know think about this is the other thing that i that gets me it's not that 
it, it's uh, it's Trump. You know what I mean? It's we're being taken down. This system of government is. It's not like an amazing person is is like somebody so smart, somebody so charismatic and so you know that is deserving that he, this is the worst person and the worst people. And I guess he's basically is a mirror. That's the whole thing. It's like they say karma's a bitch. Karma's karma isn't a bitch. Karma is a mirror. And we're looking right in the mirror. So for years, decades, we've had a system that left people behind. And this is what happens. Neoliberalism, and I mean the neoliberalism of like the Democratic Party, where they where and of course the Republican Party. I'm talking about that. But when when the Repu- when the Democratic Party turned its back on the New Deal and and tried to be a party that embraced banksters as well as the working class, and and where they took the working class and they kind of cut the labor unions off at the knees by embracing free trade, then uh, and turning. Are, and turning the, the Democratic back, the, the the Democratic Party turning its back on the working class in that sense. They they, I mean, who who was for the working class then? And all of the the um, everything you know. I always say the Democratic Party, uh, you know, won't let you starve in the streets, but they will. They're also kind of throwing the working class into a wall at 50 miles an hour instead of the 90 miles an hour that the Republicans demand. And, you know, the, the, the Democratic Party, they helped lay the groundwork for this fascist bastard. You can't, uh, I mean, neoliberalism is not the cure for, uh, for what's going on. What's the, the cure for this is a new new deal we have to go back to the new deal roots and be for the the working class forget you know like when hillary was talking about uh she was hoping this is during the debates with bernie that she hopes that she'd be the a president for everybody wall street and main street i'm i'm very sorry you know president obama was very fond of saying wall street and main street rise and fall together that used to piss me off because that is there's nothing uh, more of a bullshit line than that. Talk about a political line, you know. It's uh, pure politics to say Wall Street and Main Street rise and fall together. Who is he trying to convince? Clearly, Wall Street understood that they don't rise and fall with Main Street. Give me a break. They understood Wall Street has never had a bad day even when they have a bad day they're doing just fine it's main street that took the brunt of everything and always did and you know um there uh, during the financial crisis there was remember that whole rant from that asshole who was like president obama do you want to bail out the homeowners they uh you know what's his name the one who supposedly started the Tea Party movement. Um, everybody's name's escaping me today. And uh, 
you know, something Ellie, Signorelli. I don't not not Signorelli. It doesn't matter, but you know who I'm talking about. He says, President Obama, do you want uh, saying that they don't want to bail out homeowners? What happened was uh, President Obama had a choice to bail out the homeowners or the banks. He could have t- taken all these underwater houses and and righted them again and helped these people with their mortgages and but he didn't he bailed out the banks that and that you know they say um a lot of apologists say that it was he was forced to do so that's not true he did that on his own and because really, I believe President Obama wanted to be all things to all people. He wanted to be like the the friend of Main Street and the friend of Wall Street. Anybody who is speaking to you plainly and truthfully would not tell you that Wall Street and Main Street rise and fall together. Who are they trying to fool? It does. That's not true. Wall Street and Main Street don't rise and fall together. Wall Street needs to be reined in. So Main Street doesn't fall because Wall Street is going to be just fine. And the fact that we have uh, Trump is out there talking about, oh, look at your 401ks. They're doing great. Your 401ks are up now. Well, you know what? Hang out for five seconds and they'll be down again because the uh, it was a dumbass Republican idea to – Take us from guaranteed pensions from unions. And, you know, when we had a 35% unionization rate in this country, and that that set the floor for everybody. That, mean, that meant that everybody had decent wages because you had private companies competing with the union, the unionized workforce. So that's how uh, – talk about people rising and falling. Uh, that's how the working class – became the American middle class, not because of billionaire banksters felt like trickling it on us. So they, uh, the Republicans, every, I always say everything that Republicans touch turns to crap. They didn't want uh, that. Who wants a guaranteed pensions? You know, a bankster needs another couple of bucks in their pocket that they'll never spend that, you know, they just want to be secure knowing that they have another zero on their bank account. But so they, the Republicans shifted us into this 401k bullshit system from guaranteed uh, pension for the rest of your life to this, this gambling, whether you set aside enough or not, probably not. And what will happen at the end? You end up Back on, it goes, uh, you go into the government has to take up the slack. It's sort of like these crappy corporations that have like Walmart and uh, what's the second one? McDonald's. They have the largest workforce, but also the largest uh, workforce on public assistance. So they don't offer benefits and they don't offer their employees a decent wage or a living wage. Because the CEO needs, and the Walton family, they need more money to spend, uh, you know, on a skiing trip or something. But they, uh, the the workers get nothing. So that, so what happens? The government has to take up the slack. We end up paying for it anyway. We the people, and then they hear. Then Republicans come for that too. 
So you have nothing. Um, that system is rigged, it is, and it's not by migrants. It's not by refugees fleeing the failed states that we help create. It's it's rigged by Republicans, the conservatives, and the elites like Swanson boy, Tucker Carlson, who has got the balls, baby. Here's a trust fund millionaire born into the Swanson family, you know? Like, they're the, uh, talk about an intergenerational aristocracy. And he's got the ball, I don't want to say balls, I mean, it's sexist. He's got the nerve to sit there and decry the elites? Honey, you are the elite. You're talking about you. But that's how he knows that his audience are idiots. They're fools. These are the ones that are cheering Trump. They think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about Trump now than I ever was. It doesn't matter. Nothing has changed. You are set up for failure, and maybe you don't know it. You know, things don't change overnight, but, you, but Trump is telling you that he's the best ever. And you're believing it because you just don't like brown people. That's the bottom line. But anyway, we need a new New Deal. The, and the Democrats, I, I, before I continue, I wanted to play this. Our Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez was on CNN and they hit her again with the saying, oh, how are you going to pay for this? And I think I thought she had the perfect answer. How are you going to pay for universal health care? And, and uh, oh, well, gee, every other country gets to do it except us. But uh, let, let, let me uh, play this clip. Hold on. And do you want to spend a lot of my tax money on these proposals that you and Bernie and others have? Medicare for all, college tuition, maybe even housing, uh, that the Green New Deal that you have, it is all very expensive, especially on the single-payer side, mm -hmm. and that it gives people sticker shock. Mm -hmm. Even in Bernie's home state, they got sticker shock. They couldn't get it done mm -hmm. in his state because mm -hmm. of how expensive it is. And that was an 11 percent increase in taxes, 9 to 11 percent. Even that was too much for people. How do you pay? How do you sell it? Mm -hmm. So first of all, the thing that we need to realize is people talk about the sticker shock of Medicare for all. They do not talk about the sticker shock of our of the cost of our existing system. You know, in a Koch brothers funded, uh, you know, study, if any study is going to try to be a little bit slanted, it would be one funded by the Koch brothers. It shows that Medicare for all is actually much more is, is actually much cheaper than the current system that we pay right now. And let's not forget that the reason that the Supreme Court upheld the Affordable Care Act is because they ruled that each of these monthly payments that everyday Americans make is a tax. And so while it may not seem like we pay that tax on April 15th, we pay it every single month, or we do pay a tax season if we don't buy, uh, you know, these plans off of the exchange. So we're paying for this system. We Americans have the sticker shock of health care as it is. And what we're also not talking about is why aren't we incorporating the cost of all the funeral expenses of those who die because they can't afford access to health care? That is part of the cost of our system. Why don't we talk about the cost of reduced productivity because 
of people who need to go on disability, because of people who are not able to participate in our economy, because they have because they're having issues like diabetes or or they don't have access to the health care that they need. I think at the end of the day, we see that this is not a pipe dream. Every other developed nation in the world does this. Why can't America? And that is the question that we need to ask. We have done these things before. We write unlimited blank checks for war. We write a two trillion. We just wrote a two trillion dollar check for that tax cut, the GOP tax cut. And nobody asked those folks, how are they going to pay for it? So my question is, why is it that our pockets are only empty when it comes to education and health care for our kids? Why are our pockets only empty when we talk about 100 percent renewable energy that is going to save this planet and allow our children to thrive? We only have empty pockets when it comes to the morally right things to do. But when it comes to uh, tax cuts for billionaires and when it comes to unlimited war, we seem to be able to be to, to invent that num that money very easily. And to me, it belies a lack of moral priorities that people have right now, especially the Republican Party. Well, and that's why there are elections. They have consequences. You will make your argument mm -hmm. and we'll see if the people like it better than the other side, because there is a stark difference. All I have to say is slow clap to a she she nailed it that why is it that we always hear about how are you going to pay for it how are you going to pay for it how are we going to pay for it like when Megan McCain was whining how are you going to pay for it how are you going to you better have a 90% tax when she was disingenuously when she disingenuously left out the marginal part of her tax rant the it, it's how are you not going to pay for it? Why wouldn't you want to pay for it? And in fact, as uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez said, the Koch brothers funded study said that Medicare for all is actually less expensive than the system that they want and the one that we have now. So we got to be dumb, dumb, dumb. And the fact is a lot of people are, they're loathed to have a system, a universal anything, because, okay, here's the theme. They are, they can't stand sharing with brown people. So, okay, I, I'm going to open the phones if anybody wants to call in. We do have a special guest already. Hold on. On the line. Poppy. Hold on. Poppy. Are you there, am Poppy? I, am I unmuted? You are unmuted. <laughs> I am unmuted. You're here, <laughs> Poppy. How you doing, Poppy? Papa? Good. What you doing? What you doing? Nothing. Yeah. Just having a show. <laughs> yeah, I think your show is really good. Really? It always amazes me how smart you are. It does. I know, right? I'm such a, nor I'm such a <laughs> moron in real life. I mean, that's like no, a really good compliment. Like, no, you are very, you know, educated and up on what the hell is going on. Well, it's also a curse because I, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I was. A, I don't know. I don't wish anything. It is what it is. I sometimes I think I, I and as I was saying in the earlier part of the show, it's I've been talking to people and they're like, I just can't stand it anymore. I'm not paying attention. Yeah. And. It's it's not the time to not pay attention. But uh, let me put up the phone number yeah. in case anybody else wants to call in. Hold on. Oh, I got to move this. I don't know how to do that. Put that over there. 
Anybody wants to call in 360-777-6007 because Poppy's calling on the guest line, so you can call in. And if you want to talk to me and Poppy, call in or, yes, what, I I will probably have a resentment if nobody calls in. (laughs) Against you don't know who. (laughs) Against everybody. (laughs) Against the entire (laughs) listening community of, but uh, it's. It is what it is. People don't like to, they get shy. Not like me. I don't get shy. I, I used yeah. to be shy, well, but it's such a waste of time. You did? When I was younger, you know, yeah. I was shy. And uh, when I was a drug addict, I wasn't, <laughs> I, I didn't talk you a lot. You became a drug addict probably so that you wouldn't be shy anymore. You were sick of being shy, so you shot up dope right well it was and that's the irony of being a drug addict is that everything that you do see being a drug addict doing drugs is because you want you are you want all those you want the freedom to be comfortable and in your own skin and have fun and community and whatever but drugs every everything drug that you do takes you further and further away from those things. So that's the irony. Right. It turns um, on you. It turns yeah. on you and bites you. Oh, hand. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I feel I'm very fortunate. And and part of the, being able to do this today is only because of being in recovery. And I I talk yeah, about, I yeah, I, I talk about um, my, uh, my history because, uh, you know, life is short and maybe people will relate. And also, who knows, I might help somebody along well, the way. There's a, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of drug addicts out there and the opioid epidemic is becoming bigger and bigger and marijuana is becoming legaler and legaler. I know. And, yeah. Uh, pretty, you know, well, pretty I'm not, soon I, we're all going to be still. Yeah, but I'm for, I, I believe in legalize everything. Honestly, I, I just, I feel like, you know, it's a health, it's not a it's not a criminal problem. It's a health problem, and I think that if people get uh, the, uh, illegal drugs, if not everybody's going to be a drug addict. Some people are just genetically right. loaded, and I you know I don't know whatever. I haven't fully flushed that right there. We do have a call on the line. I don't. It says but the auto screen. We got three two calls. Oh my god! Wow. Right, we're gonna take the first Whoa. one first. And it, but it's cool. it doesn't say that um, I don't know who it is because it said the auto screen <laughs> failed. So it's uh oh. <laughs> oh no, no resentment. No anymore. resentment. Hold on, I'm gonna put him on. Okay, hold on. Hello. Who's this? Caller, you're it's on your the friend air. Michael Miller. <laughs> Caller, I knew it was you. The minute you said, Michael, how are you? Okay, good, good. I just got home, so I only listened to the second hour. I love Alexandria. I love you, too, of course. I love listening to you, so does Susan. But she's wonderful. Oh, and, you know, I, put up a, I put up a thing that's been bothering the hell out of me since yesterday when I heard it. Tom Perez, I mean, how could, you know, we talk, you and I talk, we want to be the party of FDR again. Mm-hmm. We need people like Alexandria to talk, you know, lighting the fire like Bernie lights the fire. Mm-hmm. But when we have Tom Perez leading the DNC, because yesterday he announced he's taking money from the fossil fuel industry. He is? Now, that's not, a, yeah, that's, not, that's not a winning strategy. No. You know, do, we, do we always find, like, a way to lose? Right. I mean, we have an energy. You know what? We lost with Hillary Clinton. 
And now we're just going to go right back. I mean, to what, Kamala Harris in, in 2020, uh, what, they're going to try to run Cuomo, you know, on us. And, and, and Booker, who, who's, who's, a, who's uh, in the pockets of, uh, of the big, big, big farmer. I, I mean, we keep doing the same thing. We, we say we're the party of the people. How do you take money from the fossil fuel fossil fuel industry? I mean, industry, and then we're going to tell people we're for, we're going to fight climate change? Right, right. That's <laughs> bullshit. They don't even have any shame or brains. They take don't even announce it. What are you? They're morons. Yeah, they're complete morons. I mean, and that's why but you. Doesn't the fossil fuel industry say that they are getting now into more greener energy? Well, you know what the cigarette and the cigarette industry. They, you know what? No, they're not doing that. Uh, well, just, wait, hold on. I, I'm looking at the Huffington Post. It says Democratic National Committee backtracks on its ban of fossil fossil fuel donations. The move comes just two months after the party adopted a resolution to prohibit oil, gas, and and uh, coal company contributions. That's bullshit. The Democratic National Committee passed a resolution Friday afternoon that activists say effectively reverses the ban on fossil fuel company donation. The resolution introduced by DNC Chair Tom Perez states that the party supports fossil fuel workers and will accept donations from employers, political action uh, committees. It was approved by a 30 to 2 vote. Wow. Yeah, the new resolution... Wait, it says nods to forward-looking employers that are powering America's above... uh, uh, all of the above energy... And moving us towards future. I mean, yeah, it's just all future. The, yeah, we won't have a future. I know. I mean, That's the problem. The, you know, everybody I says mean, fight climate change. You know, it's gonna. You know, twenty. No, you know what we were saying fifteen years ago. Okay, is happening now. You know, it's right. all in the future. We're we're in the future. Okay, right. we're at two uh-huh. degrees. We, 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 I don't have to go in there. People know. You know, if they read, they know what's going on. Okay, this is the warmest year on record. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's on record. We, 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 yep. I mean, the Republicans could call us out what hypocrites we are. Yes. And I mean, we give them, you know, something we give them. We don't lose elections. We give them to right. them. And you have to we give show people something to vote for. It's that's why people right. run away from the Democratic Party. It's like, well, see, there you go. You, uh, what's the alternative? They and the the Democratic Party, they uh, it does feel like they're setting us up again for another fail. Fail. I mean, I don't know. I don't. It's like with Nancy yeah, Pelosi. Pro- I think ahead, the Pop. Democratic Party yeah. is the one, like Alexandria was talking about. The the, the Democratic Party has morals, right. and if the Republicans don't have morals, and they take all that money, money talks and money buys. Right. So much, so right. you know, how can the Democrats win if right. they don't start if they're not saying, taking. okay, we won't have morals too? Well, but, but but isn't but but isn't lying to the people being immoral? Right. We're well, telling people yeah. whether whether party are fighting climate change and now right. we're taking their money. I know. That's it's, like I, saying we're anti, we're against Wall Street. We take Wall Street money. Right, and that's, that's what we always the did. Right? There's the problem again. It's like that they yeah. wanting their cake and eating it too. They what I believe. I, this is my personal opinion that the Democratic Party should not, like, they should follow Bernie's lead and not take any corporate donation. That would differentiate 
I mean, Bernie was able 100%. to. Uh, he pulled it off. Yeah, and he showed. Bernie was great. Yeah, he showed uh, the Democratic Party, showed Hillary and all the establishment Democrats that he was able to run a very effective campaign without any corporate donations, and that's what yeah. motivated people and energized. And it also attracted. 20, Seven cents or something. Yeah, it was twenty-seven dollars. Well, twenty-seven dollars was the uh, the, yeah, average was the average Yeah. Oh, the guy. Somebody else. They dropped off the phone. I'm sorry, whoever was on the line. Mm-hmm. We were going to get to you. Guys, do you, but do you, do you realize something? Do you know how many? Do you know how many young climate activists there are out there? I right. have to tell you, I mean, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people we turned out of prey. Do you know how many people are going to say, you know what, screw this, I'm right. staying home? And they'll be. And here's the other thing: I the mean, other day when we had another midterm election, with uh, another special election, the uh, I saw something online that people. Oh, I think it was you, Michael. You posted something, and there and about the Green Party. And then somebody oh, yeah. somebody posted uh, – there was a response from somebody from the Green Party saying uh, – Yeah, I saw your response yeah. to his response. Yeah. yeah, but he said something like, oh, uh, something about having a moral conviction. Anyway, uh, uh, vote – oh, anyway, I'm, I'm not explaining it properly, and everybody's going to get annoyed. <laughs> no, I, I know what he said. But you know, they, like, no, right no, no, you're not – wait, Michael, shh, hold on, because you're, you're talking about right, two different right. things. I'm talking about something else. So there was another person who said in response that uh, he was being put down for his vote, for his moral stance, on right? And then he was like – Oh, uh, basically defending his him his moral vote for the Green Party, and uh, you know it's it feels like this is gonna happen again. Uh, the and we don't have any we don't have the time to have this argument. You know what I mean? Like the the it is no, I like. We, but you mean like the Ralph Nader steel? Yeah, it's the we're really up against the wall here. Um, we don't have the time. We definitely have to get Democrats, normal people in in office. And it's almost like the Democratic Party, like you're saying, Michael, that uh, it's they're working against us. They're give us something to vote for. So. Um, I that I just feel like we're gonna have that again with the stupid Green Party. The Green Party annoys me. I'm probably gonna get emails about this because, like, the Jill Stein <laughs> people and whatnot. Because, like, they're they're like, get us a real candidate. Uh, every four years, you're gonna pop in and have Jill Stein. Yeah. Like, I mean, I once put up a thing. Why I even caught it down at Union Square. I went over to people you know, the Green Party, and I said. Let me ask you something. Why doesn't she run for Congress or run for right. Senate? Like, do you something. You know, she wants to go right for she wants to go right from Union Square to the White House. Right, I, I and mean, it's you know. like, and where you go for the in between, and and there's there's, right, there's right. she's not yeah, there. She went to Putin. She went to sit at Putin. Sit, sit. She went to sit at Putin's table. <laughs> exactly, and there no. we go. So, mm-hmm. anyway. yeah, she did. She she was invited to uh, Russia. Yeah, she was in. She was in and, with uh, with Michael had, Flynn. With yeah, Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn. And Putin. In no. The, yeah, in that video. Yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, they always show of Michael Flynn and Putin at that dinner. There's Jill Stein at the table. I mean, anyway, let's let's talk about. Uh, Maybe she was spying for us. Maybe she was spying for us. <laughs> She's a fucking spy too. <laughs> There's a lot of spies going on here. So I uh, 
I just read this whole thing oh. that, um, you know, Trump is probably, he's been, this is what they're saying, that Trump has been, he's a, he's a Russian asset who's been cultivated mm -hmm. since the 90s, right? It's not just this right. last time. And uh, let me just play this clip. I, it's a couple of minutes long of this guy that was on MSNBC today, who, who wrote a book. Uh, called Active Measures. Hold on. Gonna, hopefully you guys can... What is this, Malcolm Nance? It's not or, Malcolm, is that Malcolm Nance? Nance. It's not Malcolm Nance. It's some other no. guy. Joining me now, the director, writer, and producer of the film, Jack Bryan. Jack, we appreciate you being here. Uh, so what inspired you to, to create this film? Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I think that when we started in April, uh, late March of 2017, uh, we felt that while a lot of things were being reported on, while people were interested in the story, People didn't have an understanding of the overriding operation that happened. Uh, it wasn't something that started in 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, in some cases, the operations that were really enacted towards the election were going on for decades beforehand, uh, and it was a playbook that the Russians had done in other countries. Now, now you've said that you expected to find a scandal in, in making this documentary, but you ended up finding something different, something more. Yeah. Well, what we, we really discovered was that Russia had been doing this to other countries before, and as I said, running almost beat for beat the exact playbook. And what was also very disturbing for us is that the candidate, Donald Trump, was, act, was mouthpiecing part of that playbook in the sense of uh, they would accuse in Georgia and Ukraine when Russia had backed um, candidates in those countries, they would say the opposing candidates were criminals and they should be locked up. Um, in fact, one of the frequent refrains that would come out was that they would accuse the person that uh, leading the party they're opposing to of being born in a different country. Uh, in Georgia, they accused me, Shosakashvili, of being born in Armenia mm -hmm. as opposed to Georgia. They did the same thing in Ukraine. Uh, and Paul Manafort was actually running that campaign in wow. Ukraine. So, so how far back do you go in, in doing your, your research and working on this? And, and what stood out to you the most? Is there a smoking gun in your research and investigation? I think what really stands out is how far back shady associations with Donald Trump and the Russian mob or Russia general go. The first real clear line of illegality that we found was in 1984 when uh, Donald Trump sold a Russian mobster named David Bogdan five condos in Trump Tower. He sold them personally. Um, and also Trump Tower was the second building in New York that was designed so that shell companies could purchase condominium units. Mm -hmm. And it became a, a money laundering haven. So how do you explain the, the, the president's uh, or Donald Trump's past relationship with Russia? And, and is there still uh, a relationship between the two that you've been able to see from, from your work. Yeah, it seems to really have grown. And I think the big, big turning point is the period between the early 90s and early 2000s when Donald Trump goes through a, very, a long series of bankruptcies. Uh, and we got a lot of reports that that was the period when the Russian mob said, in 2004 said, okay, this guy is not getting loans. Mm -hmm. He needs seed capital and we can provide that. And it became a means for Russian oligarchs and the Russian mob to move money out of Russia and into America, where basically was, their money was then safe under a rule of law jurisdiction. So does this film then begin to explain what we've seen as of late with President Trump and President Putin, the meetings that we've seen, the interactions that we've seen between the two? I think it really does. I, I think that you can't understand really what's going on in the news on a daily basis unless you understand how it started and why. And I think that this, this film does do that. Does do that. It goes back and it shows how these men's circles became closer and closer together over the years, and the news becomes a pretty predictable uh, once you understand that. Do you think? Obviously, we have the midterm elections coming up in November. Do you think this film is going to have an impact on the midterms? Well, I, I hope it has an impact in the sense of people understand when they're getting information 
why that information is there. They begin to be able to identify fake news uh, that is being currently pushed by Russia, they are already going after this election, and if we don't know what to look for, we can't protect ourselves. So I, I think that having an impact in terms of people being informed and knowing when they're being taken advantage of and when they're being fooled, then absolutely, yeah. Well, definitely an opportunity to learn some things. Jack Ryan, we appreciate your time today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, it was wow. great. It's unbelievable that it's my, it's my body. It's like a, it's like a movie. It's like a movie about right yeah. that we have a we literally <laughs> have a coming in. Yeah, we have like a Putin puppet in the White House, and now did you see the EPA is allowing asbestos back into huh? our yeah. ma- manufacturing? Crayons. And uh, where does oh my God. Also in, in, in crayons. In cra- kids, well, into, well, into manufacturing. It's allowed. They're allowing yeah, it back yeah, yeah, in because yeah. who who produces asbestos? Russia. They're the only country yeah, right that here. we right. get because uh, Brazil used to manufacture asbestos and they stopped because it's deadly. And f- before that, we don't. What are we using it for? In in manufacturing. That's that's like. The uh, let me see, uh, fast company. Yeah, let me just read this. Fast company recently reported on the potential comeback of one of the most infamous building materials of recent memory. Asbestos is now legally allowed back in U.S. manufacturing under a series of loopholes by the EPA. As Fast Company reported on June 1st, the EPA authorized a significant new use rule that allowed the distribution of products containing asbestos on a case-by-case basis, which – and on, on these asbestos pallets being imported to the United States, the Russians are stamping a picture of Trump, and it says uh-uh. approved by yeah, President yeah, yeah. Trump. I swear to God. So, Where is this article from? Well, I'm looking at Do you ever, did, you, did, did you put it up on the... I didn't put it up, but uh, it's... But, 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 but what idiot would use asbestos in their building? You don't know. That's... Why, I, we, I mean, you, when you're buying... You, exactly, you don't know about it. Yeah, it's this... They're, right, they're not... Right, We don't know... Oh, my God. So, but, but, but with Tara out there, we'll know about well, it. Well, you know, but what are you going to do? It's like... If you have, if these people are building, and this is, they have no choice but to buy these materials, and everything is inundated with it. We stopped using it because of the health ramifications. Before that happened, 40,000 Americans would die every year from uh, asbestos-related illnesses, and now here we go again. This is how much conservatives, Republicans, Trump, and all his, and every single person who were sitting on that CNN panel, even the ones who said I'm an idiot, they're they're all okay with this now. The, if they get it, get mesothelioma. <laughs> if they get, you know, oh, they'll be boohooing on us all. Uh, I made a mistake. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, it's we all have to reap the damage from this. The these Republican bastards. Yeah. All of us. Mm. Are, they reap. They reap the wealth, and we reap. And we reap yeah. the sickness. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to. So how many people have to day? die, right, for these greedy bastards? How? Because Putin needs his payback. That, that's the only reason this is right. being allowed is because right. we have right. a Russian asset in the White House who's a greedy mm. bastard, yeah. and that's how they cultivated him because he was. He's a mark. He's a target because he was greedy. 
and he's weak. Yeah, they go for your weaknesses. And he's a greedy fuck. But don't you think, like, Greenpeace or Greenpeace or somebody's going to get a hold of every person that buys that asbestos and just, like, blast it out all over the well, world? Well, it's being I, – I, it's – you know what it is, too? I I read about this, and but there is – it's a constant fire hose of news and everything, yeah. everywhere you turn – where uh, yeah. is one thing after another from this insider trading scumbag to now look Wilbur no. Ross accused of swindling 120 million from associates and could rank among the biggest grifters in American history, according to bombshell yeah. report. So now this is somebody that Trump made the secretary of commerce, a grifter, uh-huh. a, a, yeah. how much money this is. They're so gross. How much money? He stole one hundred twenty million dollars out of the bike bank of say. I mean, yeah. were, well, he was money laundering. He was the vice chairman of that bank. Right. Well, that's what. Well, that was Trump, the money. Right. Yeah. But that's it's. Look at his old wrinkled face. How much money does this <laughs> old wrinkled fuck need? You know what I mean? Get <laughs> how much do they need? Uh, it's there's there's something. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe they'll maybe they'll find a fountain of youth with the space force. <laughs> Right. So we're going to have a space force, but we can't have uh, we can't have building materials without asbestos. But we'll have a fucking space force. Mike Pence (laughs) sounded like he he was the one that made the announcement. Mike Pence and he was saying he wants to see those space force. Good. Sorry. God will have this thing in one hand and another thing in another hand and another thing in another hand. So somebody said God has three hands now. I mean, (laughs) God is like the flying spaghetti monster. You know. (laughs) I mean, Mike Pence. But but you know something? You know something? With this, when we're talking about business and everything that. If we're waiting for business to be the moral leaders no. in this world, no way. They only have one thing is to make money for the shareholders. That's okay? it. That's and all they this, care about. And that's, that's, that's their only duty. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's why when you were talking about Wall Street earlier versus Main Street, what is it, 10% of people are in Wall Street? I mean, only 10% of the American population have yes. money in the First of all, who cares yes. about 401ks? I you know, know, you buy, stop buying when you're 30 years old. Okay, 40 years later, you take them out. They might be worthless. It's ridiculous. The, the market, you know, <laughs> this is, market, it doesn't, you know, market, you put money in Social Security, at least you know exactly. you're going to get it. Well, that's out, it. Right? You're going to You put money in the stock market. Yeah, you yeah. put money in the stock market. It goes up and down. Yeah. So you when you, be lucky you know, if you, you got out and right. if you wanted to take your money out in 19, uh, in 2007, you would have had you would have had about 12 cents to take right. out. That's a yeah, and, there you uh, go. You know what? Sure. Go ahead. It's a scam <laughs> to get our money. You know what? Because all, all these money managers, they all make money off us. They, right. they don't. Do well, yeah, I just them. read that today. They take half, the, at least half the money that we give them, and then they invest it in their investments. That's right. And the exactly. and the first thing, what what well, was either the first or the second? I think it might have been the second. The first thing Trump did when he got into office was he allowed corporations to dump coal ash into our streams again. And the second thing was he undid the Obama era fiduciary rule, which required financial planners to have the best interest. To have have their customer's interest, not the people that are selling it. Exactly. So, okay, well, we only have two minutes, a minute and a half left. So I just just wanted to say one more thing. Well, hurry up. We have a minute. No, I have a hundred (laughs) things to say, so I'll save it for another time. (laughs) 
Oh, so you got <laughs> All right, thank you now? so much. It was good talking to you, all right? I'll you talk too. to you maybe Michael. tomorrow. Yes, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, honey. All right, okay. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Michael Miller is the... He is the he's the guy who runs our RDT Daily fans page. He's also a meme that you've seen. Oh. Uh, yes, if you Google uh, the uh, rich people telling poor people to hate uh, Fox News is rich people paying uh, rich people to tell the middle class people to blame poor people. That's Michael Miller's meme. Anyway, he's from <laughs> Occupy Wall Street. And Poppy Champlin is on the phone. Comedian Poppy Champlin, do you have any you, anything you want to say before I, we hang I, up? I thought I thought that, I thought Michael was Michael Moore, the the documentary oh, that that's no. coming out. That would be great too. But maybe one day. We'll yeah, wouldn't him. that be cool? I'll have to yeah. ask him if he wants to go. We're gonna have Lee Camp in a couple of weeks, and we'll also have Jessica Kirsten is calling in in a couple of weeks, and we'll try to get oh. others. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, anyway, my name is Tara Devlin. This is Poppy Champlin on the phone, and we're here every week uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Please give me a review on iTunes. Give us a review on iTunes. And like I always say, we stick together, we win. I'll see you next week. That's it.